Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner and entrant number 31 in the Men's Royal Rumble, Lee Brando. Entrant number 31? Yeah, you were entrant number 31. <sighs> I knew there just was just missed the cut. I just missed it. You, just, you know, entrant number 32 was Daniel Bryan. It's like being 501 on PWI's 500. Did you know that you're 501 on PWI's 500 as well? Oh, wow. This is an honor. Wow. You're learning all sorts of things today. By the uh, way, I thought I'm, of that. I, I, I'm number 11 on the new SmackDown Top 10 ranking. You're not even on SmackDown. Well, you know, I was just trying to come up with stuff that's clever. Oh, well, I mean, I came up with that Entrant 31 bit on, like, Tuesday, so I'm glad I remembered. I think I said something to you. We should talk about how we were at the Royal Rumble. We should. We were inside Philadelphia. We were inside. We were inside Philadelphia. We were inside the Wells Fargo Center. Really quick, before we continue on, just as a disclaimer, right off the top, there's plenty of New Japan and other non-WWE news, but because we were at the Royal Rumble and it ended up being a really big week, we are actually going to spend pretty much the entirety of this episode uh, analyzing analyzing, and going through our experience at the Rumble live, the we first time it. either of us have been to a Royal Rumble. True. And we got to see two for the price of one, That's although it was kind of for the price of two. It was kind cheap. of for the price of like four. Yeah, so tickets, tickets weren't cheap. No, and we and trust us, we were in the cheap seats. We we live to the moniker. Uh, we we live this gimmick. Um, we like it. We when we, we go to a WWE show, we don't really want to see the stage. We kind of like it to where you're you're actually behind the stage, and you're at such an extreme angle. We like to be able to touch the arena wall. You're actually closer to the stage side wall. Than the talent in Gorilla, who yeah. are actually closer to the ring. Yeah, we like that. Um, but as we I like was... to not be able <laughs> to see or hear anything. That's what it's. You know what? We should go to one of those WrestleManias with the canopy and sit directly at forty-five degrees to the ring post, so that the giant leg of the canopy is blocking our vision. Have you seen pictures? Of that? Yes. Why do people do that? Why uh, do people buy those seats? We're going to Why have, do they sell those seats? We're going to have that discussion because WrestleMania 35's location has been confirmed unofficially, but it has been confirmed. So, uh, just to finish my original point, all our New Japan and non-WWE <laughs> talk, we are going to actually save all that and do it next week. I am dying to talk about what happened in Sapporo, but we must hold off just for one week. We will do it next week. We're going to... Next week will probably be a very WWE light show. We'll go back and do a lot of Japan, um, catch up with some Ring of Honor news, see what's going on around the world instead of sticking in uh, the, the universe, as it were. Well, to be fair, this was WWE's second biggest show of the year. So And we were there. And we were there. So it's it's worth covering. Yes. So let's cover it. Yes. But, you know, just get that Probably. out of the way at the top. So, um... The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. We were there. Uh, we did not go to TakeOver. No. We thought about it. No. We did think about it, though. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, we did consider it, but we decided, due to ticket prices being sky high, some ticket prices, by the way, in the upper bowl at Wells Fargo 
were selling for like three and four hundred dollars. Like the fact we got them at a decent price, I'm pretty all sure considered worked out perfectly. I'm pretty sure we bought them at the cheapest. We ha- we'd been watching them for a couple weeks, and we, we bought them. At I've the, been watching them since the fall, <laughs> so months, and we bought them at the cheapest that they were ever offered. Yeah, we we believe now. The Wells Fargo Center does all their ticket sales through StubHub. So Bad it's idea, by the way, Wells Fargo. Yeah, I agree. I hate it immensely. Part of the problem is you can't tell the difference between what Wells Fargo is selling, uh, the Wells Fargo Center is selling, and what are resale tickets, except for, you know, there are some occasions, like we figured out we bought directly from Wells Fargo. Yeah. Um, we bought directly from the arena, essentially. We bought from their box office. Uh, just because of the way our, our tickets were priced and the amount that were available that's what we got, and and, it and must have we been bought a them late at opening. That, we bought them at the minute that they were at the lowest price, fortunately, which you know worked out. Except for, as mentioned, we did not see the front of the stage, so we didn't know what number anyone was. I had the network open on my phone on my knee, watching a minute behind just to see if I could figure out what number we were at, so we all knew when thirty was coming. Yeah, it's uh, it happened a couple of times. We it was hard keeping count, but I'm just happy we were there. And there's really no bad seats. We shouldn't say that. No, they weren't. They weren't they were bad just... seats. We didn't see the stage directly, but that's not that big a deal. Um, and in, to be honest, in an era you... where there's no pyro and there was really like nothing well, we missed Styles, out on. AJ Styles pyro has music, but no pyro. So like yeah. AJ Styles music now plays what sounds like pyro. Same thing with Sheamus. I was kind of surprised that. They didn't even have pyro off the WrestleMania side. I think it was because that they. So let's let's go through kind of chronologically through the night. Um, so we get to the arena. We're in line waiting outside. Uh, I will say it was uh, Philadelphia was a nice town, great town. Yeah, we got it. We did actually get there Saturday and wandered around a little. We while. had all day Saturday. Um, we should talk about what happened before the Royal Rumble on Sunday, though. Specifically on the Rocky Steps. So, I'm glad you said that because I kind of forgot. So, we decided on Sunday, it was rainy, we decided we wanted to go to uh, to the art museum. We wanted to go see the Rocky statue and go up the Rocky, the steps that, uh, obviously, it's the most touristy thing you can do in, in Philadelphia short of... But it's like a cool touristy thing. Going it's to like, Liberty Bell. It's like seeing the Dakota building in New York. It's like a touristy thing, but it's a cool touristy thing. So we go, We uh, there's a gentleman that is taking pictures of people. Who claimed his name was Eminem. <laughs> he, he's a big fan of Molina. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a big mark. He's a big mark. He was a big mark. Um, but he, he we got our picture with the Rocky statue, and we, we go up the stairs, and we're like, well, we're now we're at the top. We take a couple of pictures. We go inside. It was a bit expensive to go wander through an art museum. Yeah. So we started on our way back down, and you made mention that there was somebody going up the stairs. And yeah, it was I was like, I was wait, like so, what? so let, let me let me walk you through my my perspective. When we had got out of the Uber or Lyft or whatever it was, um, to to walk to the statue and see the steps, there was somebody that got out of another car around the same time we got out, and in the corner of my eye. I felt like I recognized this person, but I didn't. It didn't really sink in because I was kind of interested in seeing the steps and the statue and everything. We're we're really building to this reveal. <laughs> it's not that exciting when you think about it, but please go on. I just want to put you. So we go to the top, like you say. We start walking back down, and I get another glimpse at this person who's been 
pacing up and down the steps, like taking laps up and down the steps, not running, but you know, kind of walking, jogging, slow jog up and down. And I nudge Ryan and I go, I'm pretty sure that's Jinder Mahal. And Ryan does the thing that everyone does where they go, where? And looks around. (laughs) And I'm like, no, right. The only person, not to generalize, but the only person on these steps right now that could even pass as Jinder Mahal. (laughs) Well, to be, to, in fairness to myself, he was wearing a hood and. He was wearing the tap out jersey, the tap out hoodie. Yes, but any schmuck can go to Kmart and buy one of those. Uh, excuse me, Coles. Yeah, um, though I've never seen a non-WWE talent wearing tap out. But anyway, go that's on. That's <laughs> true. So I look, and I, I finally get a look at the gentleman's face, and yes, indeed, it was a very bearded Jinder Mahal. And we had a moment where we had to think as a group between, uh, between yourself, me, and the two that we were with. Do we say something, or do we let him continue on with his day completely uninterrupted? Um, we we went for the let him continue uninterrupted because my rationale was, I think he's mentally preparing for the Royal Rumble tonight, and if that were me, I probably wouldn't want to be bothered. Yeah, if, if it would have been me, I probably would have just been like, you know, hey, gender, like, you know, good luck tonight or something, not like freak out. <laughs> But then what that led to, which we didn't say anything, it was like, okay, that's fun, that's cool. It was just a cool thing. Uh, We slowly walked our way down the stairs, he lapped us once, Um, and we started on our way to go do something else before the rumble started. We were just kind of wandering in that part of town. And um, we were walking away, and we were thinking about all the funnier things we could have (laughs) done, like completely mark out for a different wrestler. or Or go up to him and be like, oh my god, oh my god. Happy Rusev Day and run away. (laughs) And you just, like, we were thinking, we we determined that what we should have done was find the most unharmful thing to do that would be just something that he would just be so dumbfounded by he would have to go on a podcast the next time he got a chance, like, talk his Jericho or whatever, and have to tell this story about these freaking marks who ran up to him, acted all excited, and then went happy Rusev Day, and then ran off like 10-year-olds. We decided that was the funniest thing we could come up with. There there are other options, but anyway, moving Email on. Email us your suggestions for what we should have done for... How, how for should Jinder. we have bothered Jinder Mahal on the Rocky Steps? Um, okay, so let's let's move along. That That's the only wrestler we ran into before, before the Before the Royal Rumble. Tease. Um, so Which you, is even... A worse payoff than the Jinder Mahal build. It's, it feels WWE, doesn't it? It does. Anyway, um, so so Philadelphia was a nice town. Uh, Wells Fargo was a, a really easy arena to... I've been to a lot of arenas, and some are just S-shows, to say the least. Wells Fargo was a nice place, very easy to get to our seats. It was a very um, nice arena. It's the first never time I've been inside. Never had to wait too long in concessions or anything like that. Um Besides the one time that the line for the bathroom wrapped around the building, but that was during the We'll Seth get to that particular <laughs> match when we get there. Guess which match was the bathroom break. You'll figure it out soon enough. So uh, we get we get inside. Uh, we didn't have to wait outside long. There was a guy with a Slater Club t-shirt, which I, I appreciated. There were some good cosplayers I saw. We ran into Izzy. We saw we that 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 was 
bigger, arguably, than the gender thing. <laughs> we ran in. Well, we didn't actually run into Izzy. We were like. We were in we were, line we getting were a hot in dog. Line and I turn around and I'm like, there's somebody dressed as Bailey. Oh, no, that's the girl that's always dressed as Bailey. It's <laughs> that's Izzy. That's the Bailey girl. Uh, it, Izzy was there, and the, the guy who, I don't know who he is. But he always He's comes. like at WWE's biggest fan in a white suit with that's airbrushed. You know. Yeah, you see him at shows if you pay attention, like at Raw or SmackDown. Um, he comes out for the big show. So anyways, they were talking to each other. They were marking out at being marks, um, which Wrestling. is fine, which is we're not going to we're not going <laughs> to give them grief for that. That's whatever they want to do. So we go to sit down and literally the best part of the show happened in the pre-show well not the best but one of the best parts of the show happened in the pre-show the thing that i'm gonna hold with me and i think we're talking about the same thing we are the thing that i'm gonna hold with me for as long as i live is going like my favorite part of this royal rumble of which there are many but if i had to pick one it was the pre-show countdown clock is that what you were gonna say no actually but that is amazing (laughs) um so let's let's go through this so Kalisto, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado face TJP, Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak at a six-man tag. That was your kind of opener for the night, kind of get and the they, crowd they going. put that on right when the crowd was starting to file in. So there was like Yeah, we got in, couple, we sat down, and that match started. Yeah, like, and we were some of the first people in, so it was like maybe 100, 200 people in, more as the match went on. But they started with a very empty house. It wasn't a bad match, though. No, it was, it was uh, fine. It was a cool, cool six-man tag with the Cruiserweights. Nice to see him on the I show. I always like seeing Drew Gulak. Right after that, though. Um, we're sitting, we're waiting. If you've ever thought about what do they do in the breaks on those pre-shows, the answer is nothing. We sat around and waited. <laughs> Except for when they went and showed a video package oh, on the I network. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Uh, the Miz and Rusev come walking out to the ring right after an announcement is made that everyone in the building is going to be part of a new KFC commercial. And... So Rusev and Miz. What come you out. don't know is that in this night there were actually three Rumble matches. Yes, there were three Rumble matches, technically speaking. So Miz and Rusev come out, and they're in the ring. The lights go dark, and we hear, "Woo, the Nature Boy!" That was a good woo. That was a good woo. I'll never get another one that good. The Nature Boy Ric Flair's music hits, and he comes walking out dressed as Colonel Sanders in a white feathery robe. Yeah. And he walks out to the ring, and the pop was huge for half a building. Yeah, the play, everyone was going Can you imagine if that had happened? Absolutely nuts. Can you imagine if that had, actually, that had happened, like, right at the end of the pre-show when everybody was in the building already? I, I, yeah, I don't know. And so he walks out to the ring. He wins, and they ended up playing that commercial later in the show. Most of that commercial was not filmed in that building, no, by the, the way. Everything besides the last three, which everything were Miz, but, Rusev, but Flair and coming Flair, out. was filmed beforehand. And they it looked like they actually had to change the color of the ropes to match the last place they had filmed it. But luckily, they had the same stage and ramp and everything like that. So I think they did it at SmackDown last week. Yeah, I, I did analyze it a bit when watching it back. And um, but it, it was very it was edited seamlessly. It did a nice job. And, so uh, so so Ric Flair comes out and eliminates Miz and Rusev from the Colonel Rumble or whatever the KFC was calling it, and wins. And if you know, I was not expecting to see Ric Flair. None of us were. Nobody was. It was the it was one of the biggest surprises of the night. And then it got a little melancholy because I read a tweet later that said. If you think about it, this is probably Ric Flair's last time in a match. 
And then it like I was told this, and I was like, "That's some. That's made this very bittersweet because <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true, but it's also cool. And um, I, I mean, I'm just happy he's healthy enough to even do that. Yeah. After after what happened last year, we're super excited. He didn't even have to take off the robe. I, I did see him get helped off the stairs, which uh, yeah, which was a little sad to me. But I mean, Ric Flair is also what he's in his late sixties, early seventies at this point. Uh, yeah, he's got to be. So I'll, I'll research. Crack, crack research team, get on it. So after that, uh, we Gallows and Anderson come out. Good pop. Revival uh, comes in. We immediately picked that Revival was going to win the match, which is exactly what happened. Fifty-fifty booking at its finest. Ric Flair is sixty-eight years old. He is not aging very well. He'll be sixty-nine at the end of February. Nice. Um, from there, we uh, we knew we heard about this from earlier in the night. Bobby Roode singles match a. Uh, U.S. Open, glorious U.S. Open challenge, and we had a couple of picks in when we found out about it earlier in the day, and I was like, it's on the pre-show, don't, ex- like, yeah, I don't heard get, pe- don't get too people excited. in front of us were like, people were like, James Storm, James Storm, and I was like, you must be out of your mind, it's the pre-show, yeah, it's, it's the pre-show. gonna be like Mojo Raleigh <laughs> or Jinder Mahal, yeah. and lo and behold, I was like, okay, Mojo Raleigh makes the most sense after he comes Now, out. Now, the cool thing about this is it wasn't originally Mojo Raleigh. Do you know the plans that they went through? Uh, no, but I, I know there was some concern it was gonna be Jinder, but I was like, it's a pre-show, of course it's gonna be Jinder, but it That actually wasn't one of the, uh, I think it came out to three possibilities. So, we what I first heard was... Mojo wasn't the original, and then I heard the original got moved to the Rumble, and Mojo got moved out of the Rumble for the spot because they had bigger plans for the original in the Rumble. And then I heard the original was going to be Dolph Ziggler, which was considered at one point, but I guess they saw that as too little of a comeback for you know the the storyline. Although he comes back in the Rumble and is not followed up on SmackDown, but that's a different story. Um, but the other name I found pretty interesting. The actual person that they changed, I believe, day of, was originally going to be Adam Cole. Baby, baby. I had a feeling you were going to say Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, I think they were rewarding him for what happened the night before. I think they were rewarding him, and also, if you think about it, he's going to come out and lose on the pre-show. It's probably not. It's probably better, much better for him as his career goes to be in the Rumble. And lose there. He will make you more money if you actually make his debut later on. I think they are starting to s- see what Adam Cole is going to bring to them. Yeah. And I think the Rumble now is starting to, to be kind of a proving ground, depending on where it's they like are. It's like a litmus test. It's like, yeah. how over are you before we put the machine behind it? It's Bailey at Battleground. It's uh, Ty Dillinger at number 10 last year. It's a lot of these kind of... It's a, it's a, It works because... Um, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, we when Adam Cole's music hit, it took everybody in the building a split second to realize who it was. When it clicked, it clicked almost entirely at the same time. He got a huge pop. And so yeah. did CN Almas. Yeah, I mean, arguably Adam Cole's was bigger. I think it was. And I think CN Almas was more of a surprise surprise. Like, we didn't ever consider. I don't think anybody considered him to come no. up and get that spot, especially I mean, early. It was always a possibility, but it wouldn't have been someone I would have picked. Not not anything against Cien Almas. I just wouldn't have really 
considered him looking across the NXT table because he is the champion there, and I feel like that is almost enough in and of itself. That being said, I am happy that he did get the the Rumble spot. Um, so before we get to the men's Rumble in any more detail, this sh- uh, show starts. Uh, and uh, we, we found out a little earlier in the night as well that the WWE title match would open the show, which made a lot of sense uh, as far as their booking went. Styles versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, the match was really clunky to start, but I think once they kind of found their rhythm a little bit, and once Styles got a little bit more time with each individual person, it became a lot better. Yeah, and I think that, like, any other combination of three people in this match, I mean, we saw it last year, where it's two heels facing one babyface, and, you know, the babyface is just kind of creaming them, for, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Um, I think it would have died, but these people, these three guys, they pulled off enough spots. There was the, the monkey flip into the Rana. That was cool. Yes. That was a very cool spot. Um, I mean, they had, I mean, when you, when you had the moments between Zane and styles, I mean, I don't think they can have a bad match. And, and even though Kevin Owens is hurt, he still played his part very well. And he spent a lot of time in that match. And he's, and he did think he didn't shy away from a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we had the big near fall with the super kick from Kevin Owens on the apron in, into the blue thunder bomb. And, uh, I, th- I thought it was good. Um, you know, and I think that was the consensus. For, we, we were kind of in a good area of like some smart fans, but not like annoyingly smart fans, not super smart. Yeah. I mean, everyone kind of, there every, was, everyone there was a was, little bit of that, but I mean, for the most part, we were actually we were in a really good batch of people. There was yeah. a couple of kids in that. In, in yeah, not nearby. everyone was on the same wavelength, but a lot of the people around us we were all analyzing it in the same kind of parameters, which helped. And uh, when it was over, everyone was like, "That's pretty good, solid handicap match." For what it what, for the match type, you're never going to get a five star in this match type. I don't think it's ever possible. You're never going to get that good that good. A quality I don't think match. the psychology allows for it. I don't think so either, and I think they they did the best they could. And really, if you're going to have this, these are the three that best suit this type of stipulation and best work because they told a very good in ring story. Styles never really pulled ahead too far. You know, it never felt like it never really felt like Owens and Zayn were particularly weak, even though you know this match type is really set up that you open that door to make them look weak. Um, you know, Styles barely gets by. They have a ref explanation again, which I'm a little against that at this point, just because they've done it so much. But I think it makes sense for what happened the rest of the night with uh, with Owens and Zayn. It, it gives a little bit more motivation to them, and I, I thought it was good storytelling. Yeah. Um, from there, uh, we got the two out of three falls match for uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Usos against Gable and Benjamin. The first fall which you had predicted that this match would steal the show. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was a good match. The first fall was a great match by itself, and you and I actually commented, because there were so many false finishes, that did they forget they were in a two out of three falls match? Yeah, I I honestly thought, like, because, you know, we're not hearing commentary and all that. I honestly thought that maybe they just changed it. Maybe it was just a one-fall match because it was the first fall was a great one-fall match. One fall. And if they would have just, you know, gave the match three more minutes and absolved the stipulation, I think we would have had a killer tag team match. This is definitely a case of which WWE has many of 
them putting unnecessary stipulation. There was no reason, there was no storyline that led to this being a two out of three falls match. Well, I think they were, the the storyline motivation was that they wanted, Gable and Benjamin had beaten um, the Usos before, but they felt like they were getting robbed out of their chances. So it was going to be like, well, the Usos now have to beat you twice. And if you think you're so good, you'll have to beat them twice. You know, I, I, I get why they did it. I just don't think it was necessary. I just I think it really brought down the match and and they tried well, especially to... especially because the first fall was great. Yeah, I mean and the then first the second fall... fall was really weird and looked wrong. Like I would give the first fall like four stars if we're using the star rating. And then the second fall was just short and the psychology was all off and and you know, I, I originally we had thought like, did they forget to break up the pin? Was it supposed to go to the third fall? Watching it back though, no, it's definitely that was supposed to be the finish. And I just think they were trying to do something new and clever, but because you know they went out on a limb and it didn't really pay off. And you even suggest you had said earlier in the night, which is very true. How many times do you see a two out of three's fall? Two out of three falls match actually go just go the two falls. Yeah, and it, and that, I mean that's so for rare. a good reason. It's because it doesn't really work yeah i know it sounds like well if every two out of three falls match goes to the third fall what's the point it's how they get there that's important that that i mean it's not like this isn't a tried and true stipulation that they figured out how to do it and they've you know they've tried to mess with it and it's always been good when they've kept to the going to three falls and it's always been bad when they haven't i think this match would have been better if they had switched how the two falls went if you have the first fall that goes really quick yeah. Gable and Benjamin are caught by surprise. Even though they're the they're the heels in this moment. Then you have that great uh second fall and even though the Usos win, everyone's satisfied. Yeah. It the finish of this match is what ruined it. If you had done it at the very beginning, by the finish we would have forgotten about it. Yeah, the finish just kind of left you like, huh. You know, it didn't really leave a huge impact, but it was still it wasn't like a major disappointment or anything. It was just you know, it just was deflating. It was, yeah, it was just kind of flat at the end. Yeah. Um, then we get the announcement that they were, well, not announcement. They just showed up on the video board, the thirty men Royal Rumble match, and, and we looked at each other and we're like, we're like, are they what? really doing this third? They're doing it third, and it's like, well, now that means the women are either going to be second to last or they're closing the show. Yeah. Which. We didn't hear any murmurs in our immediate vicinity about... We heard surprise that the men were going first. We did not hear any murmurs against what they did. We on, I heard it online afterwards, but live, nobody was really upset about it. No, no. No one was upset, and that was the cool thing. Like Everyone was ready to fully accept the women going on last. I know I was. I'm sure you were. Yeah, um, I was all for it. I just I was like, that's cool. I, it. Yeah, I just I said last week... That one there's opens, no way they do it. That they could do that. I said there's no way they'd end with the women because it's the first time and we don't know what they're going to do with it. That was right. also under the assumption that the women's match was going to have a lot of unknown talent in there. Yeah, I think once... The way they did it worked out a lot better. We looked at each other and said there must be more surprises. Yeah, I think... Um, we also once, assumed Ronda was 30. Yeah, once they, once they had all those surprises in lock and once they had Ronda in lock I think it makes sense for it to go on last um but it did kind of tip off people um you know you're you're having the men go on first uh or third in the night and the women go on last well you've got to have something up your sleeve you know it can't just be 
Sasha Banks or Becky or even Asuka winning. I mean, that would be fine, but you know, you're going to need something really big and memorable to end the night at at this point. So I think maybe at that point people were thinking, well, that, what does that mean? Does that mean Ronda? So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more when we get to the women's match, but the men's match starts your first two Rusev, who got the biggest chance of the night throughout the night. Rusev was the most over person as far as all night goes. Just, Matt, like, deafening Rusev Day chants. Um, Constantly. Every time he did anything, Rusev Day chants. By the way, I would like to point out that I bought one piece of merchandise <laughs> at this show, and that one piece of merchandise was a Rusev Day calendar, and boy howdy, has it been a wonderful investment. It is hanging behind us. I'm kind of sad I didn't get one now, because I was thinking about getting the Rusev Day shirt. And then I just was like, nah, you know, I'll think about it. And never wound up back at the merch section. Um, but I'm kind of mad. Like, I think next time I go, if they still have them, I'm going to get one. Or maybe I'll get one off shop. I don't know. It's so good. It's it's uh, it's exactly what you'd think. And, yeah, it's, but, and it's so perfect. <laughs> Rusev Day uh, was really, really over. Yeah. And he comes out, number one, that's probably a smart Well, decision. he came out in the Colonel Rumble first in the night. That's true. Just to kind of round it back out. He came out in the Colonel Rumble. We, we actually didn't, before we get into the men's Rumble, we actually didn't t- elaborate on my favorite moment of the night. Oh. We talked about the Colonel Rumble, but. No, we didn't. Okay, let's get back to that in just one second. Let's, let's, Rusev Day and then your favorite moment, which was on my Snapchat because it was so funny. Um, Rusev Day, like, when he, he and Miz, who you can imagine were super over in the Philly crowd, they are walking back up the ramp and the Rusev Day chant starts. He stops turns around and acknowledges all the fans and like completely slow walks out and it's the greatest thing ever if you're watching if you were watching on the network on the pre-show he is walking up there's no explanation as to what they were just doing it's literally just Rusev is on the ramp and you see them look up to Rusev off to the side they don't show him but you hear the Rusev day chants in the back and um you all you see is the kickoff panel looking over at him and it's because the rusev day chance took over that building i heard more rusev days than woos <laughs> throughout yeah. the night which yeah. i've never i've never heard anything out chant the woo yeah he was definitely that was definitely the most chanted thing all night okay your countdown clock thing which yeah you mentioned earlier that was just i mean it was just so such a wrestling thing you know like no other thing will have that you know how you know, when the people are coming out in the Rumble, it's the, every, the crowd counts down from 10. Well, right? really, they count down from 7 because then everybody right. realizes the clock has started. They count down, and then at the end, there's a buzzer. Well, in the pre-show, they had a clock, you know, ticking downward, you know, 43 minutes to the show, 36 minutes to the show, and everything. And they also had the seconds on there. And for, like, the last 15 minutes, I want to say. After the Bobby Roode-Mojo-Rawley match. Uh, yeah, everything from then on. Every time a minute got down to the last 10 seconds, and you can hear it on the pre-show, the crowd chants down from 10, and they get, you know, th- two, one, <laughs> and the whole crowd does this buzzer noise, which they we continued to do. Throughout I'm not saying the they. Night, you we heard did. it. You heard it in the rumble, because you'd hear that, and then the actual buzzer would go off, and it threw everyone off the first couple of entrants. And... I don't think it's ever been like the counting has been done, but I don't think the buzzer's been done before. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure the buzzer hasn't been done. 
And I hope it stays a thing because it's just such a wrestling They scene. turned the... After two minutes, they turned the clock off because they were doing a video thing. And the whole crowd booed. booed. And then when the clock came back, it like got a pop. It got a pop. The clock came back at like one fifteen, and it got a big pop. Huge pop. And like everyone cheered it. And then we did it again at the start of the show. Yeah, I was just... I, I really hope someone in Gorilla was just laughing and smiling. I just hope like, Vince these had a smile on his face. On his face. As, as that was going on. Okay, so let's get into the Rumble. So, I have here, while you're going through, because we were sitting there, and we were like, there's no way these are 90-second intervals. So I have here the, the interval times. Uh, I won't go through everyone, but I'll go through some of the more interesting ones. So I want to uh, – let's go – let's talk about this for a second. Um, at this point in the night, we had actually paid attention to our picks because there was only six matches after the pre-show. We both had AJ Styles. I had Gable and Benjamin. You had the Usos. So you had two. I had one. We then agreed that if I picked both Royal Rumble winners, I would win if we tied. Even though you made the the obvious picks that, like, if I weren't don't give me wh- if I weren't trying to think outside the box, I would have picked. Hold but on. I went out for the crazy ones. 2014. Daniel Bryan was the obvious pick. We're talking about WWE here. You can't assume the obvious is as obvious as you think. I don't know, because he was never announced for that Rumble, right? That was the one where Ray got booed? Yes, but... Yeah, he was never announced for that Rumble. Neither was Roman for this Rumble, and he was lo announced, and behold... He was announced for this Rumble. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was announced two days before, <sighs> officially. Um. So, anyways, so at this point, we're, we're, you had two, I had one. Rusev comes out. Balor, and then I want you to go through some of the times because... Well, the first one they did well. The first one was a minute and 31 seconds. So about that was 90, Rhino. 91, 91 seconds. If they stay within five seconds, I don't really give them any flack. Yes, so, we know, especially for the women's one, that they fudged those times quite a lot. But go on. You know, they, they do this because they don't want any laws in the Rumble. Uh, if they need to get a spot in, they extend it. So if like, somebody take took a long walk down, especially if it's like a returning legend or something, they want to give them the time to have their moment. Yeah. Um. So so Rhino comes out. He gets the big ECW chant, which he was my ECW pick, and yeah. I didn't realize it. Yeah. So that was Tommy cool. Dreamer is who I picked, but Rhino was the correct answer. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's. I mean, it was cool. I'm sure he appreciated it. Yes. And I'm sure Paul Heyman appreciated it too. Tells you what uh, what WWE thinks of ECW twenty some years later because Rhino was elimination number one. Yeah, first out or third third out first out third in first out. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Baron Corbin comes out of four. He does, and um, he is pretty quickly eliminated. He eliminates Rhino, and then Balor eliminates Corbin after a minute and six seconds. He Corbin. Goes on her- freaks out goes on a rampage he rampages uh and uh knocks out, out everybody takes out balor takes out rusev um, um on his and way up the ramp he slater, slater enters enters now okay so that was a minute 54 so it was a little long well they let him get his some of his <laughs> they, steam out they let baron go and uh baron just you know kills he slater on the ramp correct <laughs> and he slater does not make it to the ring immediately uh next is elias who comes out strumming his guitar? He's strumming his guitar. It was great too. They had this. Uh, it was super over, by the way. Oh, Elias is so over. I am shocked. I said when we first started this podcast, way back when, 
that we knew Elias was coming to the main roster. I he was so there was so much like negative heat on him, just his character from the fans in NXT that I was like, there's no way. Like I can't imagine how this is gonna work. He started out slow. But man, as he hit his stride, Elias was the second most over person in this freaking match. I mean, and what's weird really is when he's doing the talking and the guitar playing, or like even really before he starts singing, he's super over. Then as he's singing, he gets booed. And then when he's wrestling, he gets booed. Which So it's just a weird, there's a switch again, that goes off in people's head. They get that, they, they cheer him when he comes out, and then they immediately... It's the it's the interactive portion, which is why you can't have a true heel if they have an interactive gimmick or entrance. Um, that being said... That's why The Rock made it a point to say this ain't no sing-along with The Rock when he was doing his shtick back in the day yes. and tried to m- remain a heel. Anyway, uh, so Elias gives uh, Heath Slater a kick to the head on his way down to the ring. Slater, who was just stirring from the Corbin shot. Yeah, so Slater's out again. Elias gets in the ring, says the clock won't start until I finish my song. And then and we then get... T- so it's two minutes and 17 seconds. And then we get a big pop for a true surprise entrant straight out of NXT, Andrade Cien Almas, who... All of us like like lost it just because we no one thought that was going to happen. Yeah, that was that was a pretty cool moment and after his five star match. He did get a five star match from with, the night before the first five star match in a WWE brand since CM Punk John Cena Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, so that's a to, long time. <laughs> wanted to throw that in there. Um, he kicks Slater in the head. Bray Wyatt comes out. What's our Bray Wyatt time? Minute 39. So okay, pretty, so pretty close. Pretty close. How about we just go through these? You tell me when they start to get egregious. Okay. Bray Wyatt comes out, throws Heath Slater into the barricade. Um, Big E comes out, tries to help Heath Slater by shoving his mouth full of pancakes. He, he, he actually took the pancakes out of his singlet from underneath which, his pectoral muscle. Which he typically does. Shoves them near... Heath Slater's mouth, but Heath Slater wasn't opening his mouth. <laughs> um, which is probably by design. Number 10, Ty Dillinger's music hits. He doesn't come out. We all pause for a minute and then go to backstage video where Owens and Zayn are beating up Ty Dillinger. And Zayn says, I got this well, and takes Dillinger's spot. So this was the first tease because um, they, 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 they attack Ty Dillinger and then Kevin Owens goes, all right, all right, I got this and starts walking out. Sami Zayn stops him and says, no, I got this, and takes his place. So that was where they started the tease that I guess is leading to wherever they're going to go, although I don't think it's I don't think it's the right time to break them up just yet. We um, thought Sami Zayn would do more. He only lasted seven minutes. Yeah, he he didn't really get a good run. And 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 this is Sami Zayn was over. This is a this is a good point in time to kind of point out two things I, I had issues with. Because I mean, let me just say this. The Royal Rumble was one of the best shows overall that I'd ever been to. For, for the WWE. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be right up there with some of my favorite WWE moments yep. that I've been to live. But if we're going to nitpick, there was a, there was a lot of things that you could nitpick with this. One was in both rumble matches in the men's and the women's, there was a lot of people taking rests on the outside of the ring, which I also noticed. And the women's match was more egregious for this than the men's, but the men's, Finn Balor and Rusev were outside a long time and for Very no long. reason other than just them not being in the ring. And I I noticed it happening live, and it really did bother me because it that takes a lot out of this match type. It 
it doesn't like where it really breaks down is the floor needs to be lava yeah where it really breaks down though is if you are coming in right you're entering the rumble yep these guys are taking 10 minute breaks on the outside yep one why don't you take a 10 minute break why don't you just stay on the outside until the end and then two why don't you pick them up throw them in the ring so you can try to get them out of the match so they don't rest up and come back and bite you in the butt so it's just it, it's not a good thing to have in the match. It just really it breaks down the structure of the match, the idea of the match. It goes against, and right. that's why I don't like it. Yeah, um, it was it was uh, when you do the Roman Reigns gets thrown through gets slammed through a table a couple of years ago. Up to that point, I can understand why you have a little bit of a rest spot on the outside to, for him to sell that, but. Beyond that, the 26 minutes in the back that he spent, I disagreed with. But I also disagreed. And I love Balor and Rusev, but those were very poorly called moments. Yeah, I think maybe just have the refs try to shoo everyone into the ring. like, Or maybe give them 10 seconds, like a reverse countout. If you're going to be outside for 10 seconds, or I guess it would just be a countout. If you're going to be outside for 10 seconds, you're out. Give them the New Japan 20. Um, so from there, we've got 10. Well, Sheamus. after well, the Sami Zayn thing takes two minutes, two so, minutes for Sheamus to come out. So Sheamus comes out. And I can tell you that two minutes would have been better used. Sheamus comes out, decides I'm going to be the one to throw Heath Slater in. He throws in Slater. Slater stumbles his way to the other side of the ring. Sheamus gets in, and as soon as he steps in, Slater clotheslines him out. Twenty seconds. <coughs> Excuse me. Was Sheamus. And uh, I think it was less than that. I think it was like three seconds he was in the ring. WWE recognized as twenty. Um, that might be from when he when he comes out. I I just going by that because it definitely was faster than twenty from the time his feet hit the ring to the time he went out. Like that's yeah, warlord he, he, type time. He threw in Slater. He he slid in. He stood up and was clotheslined over. So I'm saying three seconds. And Slater freaks out. The whole crowd pops big for Slater, who is then eliminated by Bray Wyatt. Yeah. There was a lot of weird things, and that's another nitpick, is, like, there was a lot of people that could have faced off or, like, elimination, like, this person should have been eliminated by that person. It would make sense. Like, Adam Cole probably should have gone after Almas. Yep. You know, stuff like that, that they just didn't, like, they did some, but they really, there was a lot of missed opportunities. So let's uh, let's punch through these next two really quick, because they're not all that important in the long term uh, as far as this show goes. Xavier Woods, uh, so two members of the New Day are in. Yep. Then uh, Apollo, and they're working together. That's nice. Apollo Cruz, um, both of those guys are in the ring. Then number fourteen, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. My pick is in. Yep. Um, Huge reaction. Crowd. Big pop. Crowd sings his song for about crowd does a minute. The whoa, whoa, for a minute after it turns off. Yeah. Basically through the end of what would be the verse. Yeah, they um, they, they kind of sing until it's time to count down for the next one. <laughs> which ended up being just that long. Um, the next one is Cesaro, who at this point we have clearly seen that the tag uh, people in the upcoming tag match are going to be in this rumble. And uh, Cesaro, Kofi And we Kings- started questioning, like, did they, did they nix the tag match? Like... Because we, we had no explanation without So the tag match hadn't happened yet, yeah. but this is the first time we've had a rumble so we were in the like, middle okay. of the card as yeah. opposed to at the end. So Cesaro enters, Kofi Kingston enters. Um, so all three members of the New Day are in at the same time. But not for very long, because not long after Kingston enters, Jinder Mahal comes down. 
Our friend from earlier in the day. Our our friend, our our, our Rocky step friend. Um, he enters the match, eliminates both Woods and Big E in quick succession. Yeah, it's hard to Good say. Grief, succession. Three fails, leaving the union. Um, Jinder Mahal eliminates Big E and Xavier. They have their long spot on the outside where they're just laying. Well, no, I mean it's. I think Rollins comes out after. Biggie and Xavier are eliminated. So Rollins comes out in the cool circa 1999, you know, Chris Jericho t- tights. Yes. Then Jinder goes to eliminate Kofi, and Kofi lands with one foot on the floor and, and one, one foot, foot on, on Woods. On Xavier which, Woods' chest. Which we saying, knew. I saved you. We knew at that point, like that, we knew when Woods and Biggie were on the outside. Our possible pancake idea initially that I thought. Uh, they would do with the giant pancake that would save Kofi. I still thought it was in play, and then they showed that, and I was like, oh, well, I guess we'll allow it. Um, but then... But then... They took out a giant pancake. Well, no, they took out a stack of pancakes a stack on of a pancakes. plate and replaced Xavier with a stack of pancakes, and then they tried to go up, up into, uh, into the ring to give him a boost in, and Jinder Mahal is standing there waiting. And... I've seen some reaction videos since then where it's like, they're not going to get him over. Lo and behold, it's easy to get Kofi over. Yeah. Uh, They pop Kofi over. He does the whole jump into the ring, somersault up on his feet. He looks It was impressive. He looks directly into hard cam, does a little head bow, eliminates Jinder Mahal. (laughs) Jinder Mahal eliminates him. No, no, no. Kofi Kingston eliminated Jinder Mahal. And then... Kofi Kingston was immediately eliminated by Cien Almas. Oh, yeah. Who then got booed. Cien Almas got some heat after that. That's right. Um, That's right. After all that's done, we hear the glass crack. Now, hold on. You want to talk about ridiculous intervals? (laughs) Tell me the (laughs) interval between Seth Rollins and number 19. The interval between Seth Rollins and the next entrant. Oh, my. Two minutes and 55 seconds. Which was almost the. Wait, hold on. That's a double. Which, two minutes and 55 seconds is longer than about four or five people in the Rumble. That's a double interval that they use to take that spot. So, uh, then, we hear the glass break, uh, but it's not Austin. It's uh, it's somebody who's Woken. a bit more... Woken. Yes. Matt Hardy comes out, and we thought, okay, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, they're in the ring at the same time. We're going to see some stuff. Matt Hardy will have some time. They decide to start eliminating people together. Which, which I didn't really care for matt hardy picks up two eliminations um one of them by himself the other one he they eliminate rusev which you know how you get a gimmick over eliminate rusev eliminate the most over fan loved person um there was some booze uh not necessarily for matt hardy who then got eliminated by bray wyatt Um, well they they eliminated each other they kind of went over together yes matt hardy and matt hardy was the second elimination for matt hardy after rusev was bray wyatt yeah. Um, and then they go out, and then uh, we felt we saw the lights turn up into our faces, so we knew it was going to be something yeah, there, big. There was one spotlight on the lighting rig above the ring, and whenever it was pointed directly in our eyes, we knew something. We was knew about something to big was about to happen, and that big was John Cena. John at Cena number was 20. the next entrant, number twenty, and then uh, he got all the John Cena sucks and he got all that and so on. And then the next entrant, which felt like it was forever, it was it was still only a minute thirty four, so. 
it's just still the same. There's uh, a hurricane. What felt like forever is because John Cena ran in and then he stood up and he had that big standoff with all the other, you know, there was Elias and Balor. And Everybody beat up John Cena. Everyone did. And then he got, you know, he got a punch back on everyone. And then, yes, the hurricane comes out. Huge pop. And he gets immediately eliminated by John Cena, which to, is. To which there were some very unflattering chants towards John Cena after that. From there, our section. There were, yes. Uh, even the John Cena fan in front of me was not super happy that Hurricane got eliminated so quickly. Um, anyways, from there, Aiden English hits, which we were all surprised because it's been so long since any of us has heard his entrance music. And more Rusev Day chants. And more Rusev Day chants, uh, which he and Rusev in the ring together would have been great. Yeah. If you were going to do that, eliminate them together and then it works better. 23 hits. Shock. 21. The system. Mm-mm. Oh, 23. You're right. We're at 23. Right. Shock. The system. And we all then realize it's Adam Cole. Could have been one of three people. And we knew it was Adam Cole, baby. Baby. He does the Adam Cole, baby, in unison with the entire crowd. It was awesome. Yeah, Adam Cole is super over. Um, Adam Cole comes out, has a great moment. He has his rib, uh, has his abdomen wrapped up from his crazy hardcore match with Alex Black match. the night before. You're right. Nope, crazy hardcore. We're not branding here. Uh, Randy Orton comes out, and everybody was... Okay. Yeah, and at this point... I've heard... One of the reactions I heard was, I'm not overwhelmed nor underwhelmed. I am simply whelmed. Yeah, that's a good good Randy Orton tagline. Um, (laughs) Nobody was upset. There were no boos for Randy Orton, but there wasn't a loud pop. And and then at this point, you and I looked at each other, and we were like, okay, who do we know who's left? Because we only got... What, four spots, five spots? At this point, so Randy Orton is 24. So we got so six we spots have... left. Yeah, six spots. Yeah, I don't so know. So we're like, okay, we, we, we know Roman's coming. Who else? Well, so let's let's go through. We, we've we naturally forgotten any of the lower to mid-card guys who we haven't already counted. So Which Randy we're Orton, about to get. Randy Orton comes out, hits an RKO immediately, Never even didn't even take off his vest jacket thing for that one. Uh, it's always an RKO party when he comes in, which is always actually one of my more enjoyable spots in Rumbles normally. RKO party sounds like a N64 game. <laughs> it sounds like something that would have been super popular in 1999. RKO party. RKO party. Um, RKO party. RKO party. Number 25, <laughs> I Titus, want that o- video game. Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil. Hurrah. 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 That's the one. We forgot. Uh, who let the dogs out? Hurrah. 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 Number 26 is The Miz, comes out to Which, a stop. who was announced, but we just forgot that he was announced. But he got a big pop. He got a good pop. He got a, big he got a good pop. We all were like, oh, it's The Miz. Forgot he existed because he wasn't on the card. Yeah, um, they do this whole thing with um, The Miz Tourage and uh, Well, maybe it was later, but he was going to get thrown out. They saved him. Oh, Roman. it was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. So all this happens before, if I remember. Well, no, it's not before the next entrant. So number 27 Probably, definitely the biggest surprise in the men's rumble. And one of the biggest pops. And one of the biggest surprises I'd say top, of the night. Top, top, top five in pops for the night. Top five in pops top for the night. Top three in pops for the entirety of the men's rumble, including the finish. Really great moment. Um, looked so healthy. Looked so good. Of course, we're talking about... Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. Who was my first favorite wrestler. I mean, and, he just, uh, he, didn't, he didn't have his knee braces on. He looked healthy. He looked this great. is the first show I have been, first live show I've been at with Rey Mysterio on the card since Survivor Series 2009, where he got bludgeoned by a steel chair by Batista. Yeah, and, you know, I saw Rey win the world heavyweight title in Chicago at WrestleMania 22. So, to see 
two of the biggest moments in his career live, which would have been that and and this, is uh, really an honor because Ray is just such he, Ray is such like a a person that I look to and like follow. And he was, I remember um, the first one of the first live shows I went to that I can like rem- remember remember I was like probably 13 12 or 13 and I it was just a live house show and Ray walked down the aisle walked close enough past me that I went wait a second I'm taller than him <laughs> and uh but I've always loved Ray and he looked great here uh still hasn't missed a step you know he's 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 hopping looks better off the than ropes. He, be, looks better than he did when he left WWE. A lot in, what, better. Twenty thirteen. Super healthy. He's you know lost some unnecessary weight. Like I said, he's, he's not, cut. He's cut. He's not wearing those knee braces. His knees probably feel great. I mean, because that was always he the was thing wearing really tight. Like remember the part of the reason he wore those really loose. He had to to cover the braces. Right. He same wore reason. Those loose pants. Same reason. They Sean. were super tight. Like WCW. Like end of his run. Type. Yeah. Uh, so it really was great. good. Like and that's so weird. We're talking about how tight someone's pants are, but. It makes sense, wrestling. Um, <laughs> next, we go from the biggest pop to the biggest booze. Roman Reigns hits the ring. And I think this was a little bit of like a receipt for when everyone wanted Daniel Bryan to be number 30 and Ray came out and got booed. So here he gets the biggest pop followed by the biggest boo for Roman Reigns. Well, we knew I knew they weren't going to put Roman Reigns at 30 because they knew even in the middle of the show they weren't going to be that dumb. Yeah. Um, but they did put him at 28. He, he comes out at 28. Um, nobody's into it. Nobody's into it. Uh, gets the Roman sucks chance. There was even a Rusev Day chant in there somewhere. Number 29 is the biggest exhale of anybody, and that is Goldust, which yeah. I feel so bad because if Goldust had just not been around for like two years, this would have been great. But, you know, it, I, I went back and I thought about it, and um, I think they mentioned it during the commentary that we weren't hearing. This appearance makes him, I think, the second most, um, like the second most frequent person appearing in a Royal Rumble in behind history. Kane, if behind I Kane, yeah, behind Kane. So, so. It, it was pretty cool. It was. I, I was happy, and I, I mean, Goldust is in good shape himself. Goldust, and, even for his age, like he really could go out and wrestle decent matches and yeah, have, yeah, yeah. have good programs with people. I but. respect Goldust enough to, to be happy with this placement. Now, people were expecting a big surprise at the end. The, really, the big surprise was Ray. Everybody else was just kind of okay. Even number 30, who we predicted possibly being number 30. We all basically in the whole section knew who number 30 was going to be. But we, um, if it wasn't Daniel Bryan, it was going to have to be Dolph Ziggler. What I think they missed a great opportunity. They missed such a good opportunity by when having the- his by by hold on now. Not only having his record scratch be the first thing you hear. By the way, the super comedic record scratch. It's it literally lasted the funniest, five seconds. The funniest clip they could have found of a record scratch, and then they play his music, just his regular old music which was really stupid, and he comes out, and he got a good pop, but it's not like he'd been gone for six months. He'd been gone for a month. Yeah, and and, and he's done it before, and, and, and like I said, there's no payoff on Tuesday. Guess what? Dolph Ziggler lasted two minutes. He gets thrown out quickly. He got one elimination, and it was it was gold dust before he was eliminated by Balor. So it comes yeah. down, so they weed their way down, and it comes... Well, there is one spot I want to talk about, because... Right, can it, we talk about the final six? Is it before or after that? It's, it's, it's right before that. Okay. Or it might be a little bit before that, but it was just the Seth Rollins elimination. Um, 
First off, he eliminates Rusev with a really cool monkey flip over the top rope, but that's not it. Um, Which was cool, yes, you're right. So they eliminate Miz with the pseudo-shield powerbomb to the outside onto the Miztourage. Correct, which which looked cool. And then they're standing there, smiling, and Roman turns on Seth, grabs him from the back of the head, and tosses him over the rope, which is fine. But then Seth, like, this is just where WWE doesn't get it. Seth stands up. And he smiles and he laughs and he goes, you got me, <laughs> and walks away. Yeah, I didn't like that either. It's like this, okay, the, 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 one of the only reasons the Royal Rumble is the, one of the biggest shows of the year is because it actually matters who wins. And that's where so, much of, so many matches, so many main events, so many shows fall flat and people aren't really overwhelmed by them. They're underwhelmed, like you said is because the WWE has conditioned people at this point in time with how they've been booking the last couple of years that winners and losers don't matter. So the fact that winning the Royal Rumble gets you a championship at the biggest show of the year makes that match matter. And so to lose it and then smile and laugh and shrug it off is just like, come on, man. Especially when the storyline last year was that he needed to make WrestleMania because he had missed it the year before and he wasn't ever going to miss it again in his life. You know, so I just thought that was a really like, you know, if I'm picking nitpicky moments, that was like a really like dumb one that just I don't know why. I mean, I know why they did it, but I don't agree with it. Yeah, it it went poorly. Last six end up being Finn Balor, Roman Reigns and um, Shinsuke Shinsuke Nakamura, Nakamura, Randy Orton, John Cena and Rey Mysterio. And they have a really cool moment, which I didn't pick up on live. I was like, why is Orton, Cena and Mysterio together? It was a generational thing. But, yeah, when I look at it and I saw it afterwards, I was like, oh, okay. And you this can, is the passing of the torch moment. And you can kind of say, like, okay, Finn is Rey, right? Not Star Wars, but Finn Balor's Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Finn is Rey from Star Wars. <laughs> because there's Finn and Rey in Star Wars, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, not the good ones. <laughs> Huge pop. Huge pop. Uh, so you could kind of say, like, Finn is kind of like Rey Mysterio. Uh, Roman is kind of like Cena, and then Nakamura. Nakamura could... is kind of like Randy Orton almost. Not really. That that one is not a not, good like one. It's to not one, like a I, one I to one, saying. and neither is Finn and Ray. But it's like it's not a one to one. But it's kind of like who's who's gonna feel that right behind the guy, the guy that everyone likes more than the guy. You know, the who, guy who, that everyone who's gonna be the Randy Savage to the Hulk Hogan. That's, that's you know a good word. who's who's gonna be the. Well, I guess Rock and Stone Cold were both on both on equal footing. Well, uh, well, no, because Rock was second behind Stone Cold. During yeah, who's Stone gonna, who's going to be the Rock to Stone Cold? Who's you know? But that, that still who's going to be who's going to who's going to be a train to the Rock? <laughs> yeah, I think that's Dolph Ziggler, guys. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like who 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 are we setting up in these positions? And I think it was really cool. The to Randy have that. Orton to John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got what you're saying. Yeah, no, that makes more sense. Uh, so, anyways, that comes down to it. Your final two are Reigns and Nakamura, and the building is so tense. People. <laughs> so they did a really really smart thing. They had uh, Finn out fourth to last. Then you were left with Cena and Reigns and Nakamura. So even though Nakamura was already over, everyone there was so scared <laughs> and so worried that WWE was going to go. There was a 67% chance that Nakamura was not winning. And, and that, it was going to be Cena or Reigns. And that it would just been awful. 
and so everyone was so scared. And, and was, we thought, and they put it in the middle of the show, which made us all think they could no, go. They're s- gonna do it. Yeah, and <laughs> and like they did it. They did that really well. Where Nakamura was fighting back against both of them. And um, there was even, like, you know, they were so into Nakamura that even when, like, Reigns and Cena would have their standoffs, people were chanting, you both suck. And People and, were chanting for Nakamura yeah. while he's on in the corner. And and they were so worried. And then um, he eliminates Cena with a, with a knee. He does this really cool, like, Cena goes for the shoulder block through the ropes, and he backs up and, and then comes forward and does this very Nakamura knee uh and eliminate Cena, huge pop then it's down to roman and nakamura and they have all these oh my god there was like edge of your seat moments where nakamura does a, the hanging arm bar over the top rope to reigns and uh they finally they finally uh uh work back to the center of the ring and reigns comes at uh nakamura and he eats this very very solid knee to the side of the head and I really like the way that Reigns sold it. He 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 got right up, but he got up almost like a dazed Mortal Kombat character, right? His head was hanging and his arms were in front of him. And he stands up and he's stumbling and he's stumbling. And Nakamura runs up, grabs him, and throws him over the top. And, man, the roof just blew off the Wells Fargo Center. And I got it. I did get it on Snapchat, too. I'm so glad I saved it. It because... was the shake. It was the most Cloverfield-esque <laughs> camera am, work I'd I'm ever usually seen. so proud of how smooth my camera work is. It was so shaky because we were all so excited. Everyone's just screaming and chanting Nakamura and singing a song and just like a great moment like WWE. For for the nitpicks that you could put into this match, it, it was still great and it still has to be up there with one of the best rumble matches of all time which is why we took so long to talk about it we uh, will not take the same amount of time for the other match just like the actual match itself not we that will it not wasn't good but it was just like this was definitely match of the night i think well in the other match we'll we'll, we'll get there yeah um and then of course renee young comes into the ring asks uh, very unexpectedly asks nakamura who he's gonna face now yeah, I like that and they've he, gone back to the the person can choose because that was a little bit of a storyline back in the day, but largely I since that the brand about the split, old brand split, uh, the old brand split, so you could pick which one you wanted, and it, it was such it like was a, almost always your brand, but every now and then you'd get that kind of question, and, yeah, and for a moment we all knew what we wanted, but for a, just a split second we could see where he would say Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, you could see it, but I mean, we everyone wanted the dream match, and and he does say AJ Styles. The crowd, go, you know, goes crazy again. Um, Whatever voice I had for the next hour was gone. Yeah, people. Yeah, um, people's voices were taking a hit. So uh, then, Nakamura, we, then everyone went and used the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> because Cesaro and Sheamus. Not that it was a bad match. Seth Rollins and J- it was not a great match. Uh, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan uh, for the tag team cha- Raw tag team championships. We. The the line I've never been in a line so long to use the bathroom before, and we had this moment right, and we're at a at, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but we we go everybody goes and they they go to stand in line to concessions or go to the bathroom, and I'm standing in the bathroom line, and I'm like man this line is long, and I look over and the women's bathroom is right next to the men's bathroom. There is no, no line. line, not one person waiting no for the women's line, room. and I'm like there's no line for the women's room, and this guy in front of me goes. Man, I wonder why that is. And you and I both look at him and go, wrestling show. Come and he on, goes, bro. He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we're all just nerds. <laughs> it's great. And um, and the guy in front of us was bragging about how he was waiting to go to the bathroom specifically for this match. I, All of us in agreement said, it is 2018. 
we are going to the bathroom now so we don't miss the women's match. It was really it was a really funny like kind of twist on everything that you had you had come to learn from the WWE. It's been a, it it's been a wonderful transition from ten years ago. Yeah, and like, this this girl came up to her boyfriend in the line was like, I'm I'm enjoying this role reversal, you know. She <laughs> went back to her seat and waited fifteen more minutes for him to finally I was done. getting worried. We were in that line. I was like, Man, I'm gonna have to go soon. You're also gonna miss the whole match and yeah. the lesser I match. Need, I need to do my business to get back out there and i don't think i'm gonna have time uh, uh so we go so we go I, I came back out for the end of the the rollins jordan match and i was i asked the people in front of us who didn't get up i said uh so did i miss anything they're like nope yeah pretty much jordan just sat out the whole time he's he is hurt he's having um it's pretty serious it sounds like because he's having trouble gripping things um his neck's all banged up so uh, yeah it's pretty bad I, I didn't know how bad it was hence why i picked rollins and jordan to win this match yeah so at that and, point, and Rollins has a bad back now too. I am two and three, or I am two, and you have three at this point. We both thought Lesnar was going to win, which is what happened. It was the so so. If you ever play two K eighteen or whatever it is, just turn up the finishers so that like, everybody <laughs> starts with like five of them, and you have this match because that's all it was was table spots and chair shots and finishers. Yeah, it was just a disaster. I mean, and and and, well, and, and this, the match wasn't bad, but it was to me the biggest disappointment on the this, show. This match was cool when it was like Goldberg and Lesnar and Mania, and it was a five minute match. When this is literally every Lesnar match now, it's getting old, and it's starting to really hurt Lesnar. The funny thing is, it's not really hurting Strowman yet. No, Strowman got a huge pop. Yeah, Strowman was pretty over, and like. The things that they were doing got over, going through the tables, everything like that. Well, Strowman um, went over and immediately grabbed a table. Yeah, so that was fine, but it's like pretty soon you're going to start devaluing Brock. You're going to start devaluing the Universal Championship because people are going to want that wrestling match. That is, at the end of the day, what we're here for. Well, when Roman Reigns went... you, I actually looked at you after that match and I said, you know, I'm actually kind of excited that Roman Reigns is going to be champion soon because yeah, it, we know if... he can. I mean, he's a good wrestler. Roman it may not be your favorite character. He may not be the guy you want, but Roman is a good wrestler and he can... We saw it with AJ Styles. We've he seen can it with, pull we saw, it out. Even his match with Cena was really good. Even his match with Lesnar 31 was good. Right. You know? I mean, you look at... You look at his body of work, and what the fans want right now really is a lot of really good wrestling. wrestling and he'll be there all the time, you know. And and I think it'll be I think it'll be a nice change of pace. Like I'm not uh, I don't hate Roman Reigns or anything like that. I think that it should be a more balanced push, He's and I think my... it should be probably maybe a heel turn, definitely. Um, but I, th- I still respect his ability in the ring. He's, you know, if you want to compare him to Cena, cause he's going to be the guy, I think he's a lot better of a in, in ring wrestler than Cena. I think so. I mean, especially, I think Cena's gotten better as he's gotten older, Yeah. but I think Cena like circa 2007, which is what a lot of people are afraid Remember, of, yeah. you know, unless he was in the ring with Shawn Michaels, he was not great. You yeah. know, it was pretty much the same every time. So with Roman, you do, like, you know kind of how the finish is going to go if he's going to go over. But for the most part, you don't necessarily see the exact same spots in the exact same order every single time. Except for that, you know, there's always that little chunk where they do their signatures and whatever. But everybody kind of does that. Everyone so does that, yeah. It's just, his, he's so hated, you notice his more. But Lesnar retains. So at this point, I have the only three. The only cool part of this match, like, there was it was an okay match. But the coolest part was... Uh, Braun stiffs Lesnar with a knee to the side of the head. Oh my gosh, he hit, he 
he hit him so hard. And we looked at, they showed a replay, and it was like, he got him so stiff. And then later in the match. It, it was kind of immediately. Like, it was kind of like, like, because Brock didn't sell the knee. But it was a hard knee. You could, you could tell Brock's Brock face did, was getting red from it. Brock didn't sell the knee more than any other human would sell a knee from Braun Strowman. Any other human would have been locked, knocked out. And Brock stands up and just, oh my god. just He goes for a punch. Just knocks the daylights out of Braun. Just square to the temple. And like, again, any other human would have been knocked out. Would have been dead. And, and Braun eats it. And uh, they bleep it out, but uh, I think uh, Brock had uh, two choice words for for Strowman there. I think that's the end of Brock and Strowman for a while. Um, so we go there. By this point, the crowd, I'm a little nervous about the beginning of the women's match because we're still not recovering. Yeah, the crowd really wasn't into the tag match, and they kind of really, I mean, for except for a few singular moments, um, they really weren't into the Universal Championship. Match. It was really dead after that match. People were worn out. Yeah, we were so exhausted from the men's rumble, and that's why I said last week, there's no way we can do back-to-back rumbles. However, we didn't do back-to-back rumbles, and we saved the women's rumble for last. And we were really excited, though. Like, when when the Universal title graphic hit, I looked at you, and I was like, they're going to put the women on last. They're going to put the women on last. and Which I know. think we were more excited about than the actual Universal title match. Yeah, it was kind of like we were kind of just, like, waiting. Like, come on, get this done. All right, so... We get the match underway. First entrant of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Sasha Banks. Very fitting. Which we weren't opposed to. And Becky Lynch is number two and the first for SmackDown. We were also not opposed to this. We actually were really happy about yeah, this. Yeah, it was cool. These, um, two, these two make the most sense. If you're not going to have a legend, if you're not going to have... you know, We had talked about Nia Jax being in there. We had talked about Natalia being one of the first two. And um, barring injury, Sasha and Becky are going to be staples in the women's division for a long time to come in WWE. Right. Charlotte would have been one of the first two if she wasn't champion. Right. And they were, you know, we should note they were at ring-side watching. And Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon Stephanie was replaced, on commentary. Uh, was it Byron Saxton who yeah. was on ring who Oh, was another thing. They were so mean to Booker T on the commentary. You should go back and watch it because they were just like, they were like, Booker, what are you talking about? And he wasn't even saying anything that bad. It was just like, and of course, you know, the next night he gets replaced by Jonathan Coachman. So I don't know what happened. Maybe some heat or something. I but feel it was like so they, weird. They, their whole bit had been ribbing him every show. And this was like, all right, this is our last chance to get Just him. Get it all out. To get it in there. And yeah. like the, the next show, they were very complimentary of him. Yeah, but yeah. It makes me wonder, like, I wonder if something was said between I, I like, shows. I, I really was, I was like, man, I feel bad for him. I hope he's in on it. Real quick, because we're not really going to get to Raw and SmackDown all that much. But, um,. Well, you know, do, we really do, don't have what, to because it wasn't very strong there's, follow-ups. There's one or two moments in either show, but really quick, what are your thoughts on Coachman being back on Raw? I liked it. You know, I I mean, he's not like he's not like a Mar Ronaldo or anything like that, but I thought he was like he was playing off Cole and Graves in a way that was appealing to the fans, I think, because like we listened to them say so much stupid stuff, and he was kind of calling them out. Like they I, they were arguing about something, and Coachman goes, "I don't see what the problem is here, boys." <laughs> you know, Coachman like, Coachman kind of took a real world. Yeah, he uh, kind of took like brought, a, he's not turned up the way he was during the end of his run, and when he was doing commentary in the early two thousands. Yeah, he is not the same like super over overly over the top like gimmicky like an analyst. He he's much a little bit more reserved now. They have two heel uh, color guys, two heel analysts, and they have one Michael Cole. 
Have you noticed that Michael Cole has started saying indeed a lot? <laughs> it's really annoying. Now you will oh, never gosh, you'll never right. be able to not notice it now. Indeed. Anyway, so number three is Sarah Logan. Yeah, we get we get uh, three and four. We get a Absolution so member and a Riot Squad member. The Riot Squad member. We heard Ruby Riot's music, and you about jumped out of your seat because listen, uh, Ruby Riot is a gift to the earth from so, an entity of which I do not know, nor. <laughs> Do I claim to know? So we thought it was Ruby Riot, and then I realized it wasn't. And I looked down, and I was like, oh, it's Sarah Logan. And then I was like, oh, they didn't never gave anybody individual entrance music. This was the Adam Cole problem. Well, except for we, I knew it was Adam Cole because they're, they're not going to bring in Fish and O'Reilly right. in the, that moment. But in this one, clearly all of them are in the map. So why, why have we not given them individual? Sarah Logan and... Liv, Ty- uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. <laughs> yep. Liv, Liv Tyler, Tyler was in the room. That was a real surprise. No yeah. one saw that coming. Aerosmith played her entrance. <laughs> Liv Morgan. Uh, they don't. Wanna, she don't want to close her eyes. Uh, don't want to fall asleep, or she'll miss it. Um, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan coming out to Ruby Riot's that music. That would be the best entrance song ever. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense because Ruby Riot is so specifically for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, so, so then we get the first right beside, big surprise. No, no, no. You, I got, I gotta say. So Mandy Rose comes out, and our section kind of freaked out because they thought it was Paige because she has Paige's entrance music. Yeah, it, it was, it was two fake outs in a row, and it, we, I hated it so much. So yeah. then we get our first surprise, Hall O Famer surprise, and, and I would say this is up there with Ray. As far as surprises of the night, we did not assume we would. We weren't sure what to expect as far as the surprise entrance for Raw uh, for uh, the Women's Rumble. We uh, uh, last week, remember, we thought it would be a ton of NXT. It really flipped. We got a lot of legends, and Lita was the first one. And, and what I'll a tell good you, first one. I will tell you, the, your reaction to Lita was very reminiscent of your later reaction to Ruby Riot. Was Lita your first crush? <laughs> let me let me just explain something to you and to all of our listeners out there, both of them. Um, Lita is the reason why I have the taste in women that I have. Lita was my first love. Not first crush, first love. First love. And in many ways, Ruby Riot has taken that mantle from Lita. You, know, you got to remember, when I was a young lad, when I was going, when I went to that WrestleMania where I saw Rey Mysterio win the World Heavyweight Championship, I saw Lita come out with Edge. Do you remember how she dressed when she came out with Edge? Yes, I do. Yeah, that was that was my childhood. Uh, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> Lita actually lasted the longest of all the surprise entrants. Um, it yeah. was very close. Second was our number 30. We'll get there. Um, but she was the longest. So um, then they gave Lita, by they the gave way, Lita a good amount of time, two and a half minutes before the next entrant, who was Kyrie Sane, which was a great surprise. You know, my roommate, we all kind of took a moment because not all of us remember Kyrie Sane's music off the top of our heads. And her music is one that has like a couple of notes and then it hits. Yeah. And once it hit and we realized who it was, we all freaked out because it was a great, she is so perfect, perfect for a rumble. Yeah. And, um, my roommate who was watching at home, who has very little information like about wrestling, like he watched it when he was a kid, but like, doesn't, isn't really familiar with any of the current roster or anything. 
he watched it, and when I came back, he said, you know, I really like that pirate girl. <laughs> I mean, that's what she is. So so she hits uh, she hits the elbows, and they actually stay on her while the clock is counting down for the next Hold entrance. on. Before that happened, uh, Lita hits the twist of fate in her, before Kyrie comes out. And hits a moonsault, or... A double moonsault. Most of a moonsault. <laughs> most of a double moonsault. On, I believe it was Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. Yes. And, um... They edited it really well. When I, when you watch it on the network, it looks fine. My Snapchat begs to differ because I saw her go up and I grabbed it and I was like, please hit it safely. And when you watch it, like, because when the camera, it's on her face as she's climbing the ropes... She really doesn't look like she wants to do it. <laughs> she knows she has to. She just doesn't want to. She goes for it, and she does hit Banks and Lynch perfectly, but she hits her face first. She kind of lands with her face in the mat with all of her body weight on top of it, and then hits Banks. And then the rest of the energy goes into Lynch. Yeah, and, and then her leg and then her legs go over. So it was a little brutal, but she looked fine and. Becky Lynch would cool. later... And she got, you still got it, champ. Becky Lynch would uh, eliminate Lita, and then Lita got some good chance on the way out. Um, Tamina comes in after Kyrie Sane. Dana Brooke. Mm-hmm. And this is when we started to notice the clock was going a bit quick. Well, you know, actually... For the first... It, after this, not long after this, we started noticing. Actually, it felt a lot faster than it was actually going. There were a lot of, like, in oh. the minute 20s. I'm surprised, actually. But... It wasn't as bad as we had thought. We thought they were going like 50 seconds. <laughs> we thought it was 90. It was a 95 rumble all over again. Uh, Dana Brooke comes out, and then everyone, every man in the audience, loses his mind as Tori Wilson hits. Oh my God. Doesn't she still look great? Tori Wilson is a fitness guru now. I've got to start watching those videos. They're not what you think. I mean, I just about fitness. I know. They're not what you think? No. What's her style of fitness? Like, sit around? I think so. God, I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's followed by Sonya Deville, who proceeds to eliminate Tori Wilson. Uh, Yeah. uh, Which, that that gets A weird thing here was, like, a lot of people got eliminated by people that you were like, what? So, fun fact, Sonya Deville would be the last Raw entrant until the early 20s. Yeah. There's a lot of... Legends and SmackDown. A lot of Legends and SmackDown. Liv Morgan hits the ring. We mm-hmm. all thought it was Ruby Riot again. I sh- I know I did. <laughs> then Molly Holly, who nobody was expecting. Great return. Like, still got it. Wrestles great. Like, oh my god, cool. Oh, I have a really fun stat for you when we get there. Lana hits. Huge pop. Rusev Day chants all around. Good music. Uh, by the way, I said over under for. I looked at you right as she came out, and I said over under for Rusev Day chance, two and a half. She got three. That's yeah. I mean, and you did bet. You did bet the over. Uh, uh, Michelle McCool, which Michelle, uh, who actually ended up with the most eliminations in this which match. was my fun stat. We thought that uh, you know maybe you'd be Nia Jax. Nope. Michelle McCool. I mean, she starts cleaning house. I mean, she does what The Undertaker used to do. Michelle McCool <laughs> eliminated Sony Deville, Liv Morgan, Molly Holly, and Lana. Like, in back succession. to back to back to back to back. And uh, she was then a part of one of two, uh, excuse me, one other elimination that's coming. Uh, number 15 hits, uh, and your heart 
leaves its leaves your and body. And you know what? I think I was yelling the loudest for this for Ruby Riot. I don't think anyone else in the building was yelling as much as I was yelling for her. My Snapchat would agree. Um, I got you as my Snapchat before <laughs> I turned to Ruby Riot. Um, we why, don't, both... why, don't, why don't people love Ruby Riot like the way I do? Uh, no, I, I'm not even going to begin to answer that. All right. Number 16 hits, and we get... No, wait, excuse me. <laughs> you like what I did there? Number 16 hits, and we get... Excuse me. I'm not doing it in that voice. It's too... Excuse me. That's all I can do. She got booed, but at the same time, like, it was one of those, like... It was like a laugh. I'm really happy to see Vicky back for this moment. It was like a laugh be... and a boo at the same time. It was a fun moment. And we got Vicky Eddie Guerrero, Chance. It was, it was good. It was... It, then we started realizing it was all about people's husbands. Well, and I think this one was warranted. The woman next to us went and did, like, this mock chant. And, but it was like she only could do it once because it was so long and it was about women being an individual person and not all about their husbands. And I was like, I agree with you, but you can't start that chant. It's too long. No one will remember. I felt really bad. Um, and by the way, what's your husband's name? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Vicky Guerrero gets eliminated by Lynch, McCool, Riot, and Banks. She lines she lines them up the ring and she's yelling at them and they're just like whatever and they vary the most ginger elimination I've ever seen the most careful toss over the rope I've ever seen. Um, and she still kind of messed her knee up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I feel bad for Vicky. Um, Carmella is your number seventeen. Natalia at eighteen. Natalia got a good pop. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Kelly. Um, who Kelly enters Kelly, to a big pop and proceeds to botch everything she tries. She and Michelle McCool <laughs> unfortunately became the, the... If you want a gif of the perfect analogy of wrestling, women's wrestling, in the mid to late 2000s, the thing that watch we're trying, Michelle McCool and Kelly Kelly. The thing that all the current women are trying to distance themselves from. And then Naomi... Feeling the glow. Feeling the glow. Had a, had a cool entrance. Jacqueline and... Number 22, the first Raw since 10, Nia Jax. She's not like most girls. Who just take what they're given. And uh, she didn't just take what she was given. Who now, use, now being called the irresistible force. I'm not against that, actually. It's not yeah, terrible. It's just not original. You know, it was Andre. No, it's not original. Or but it was Hogan, it, I guess. It fits, a, it, it fits her. At least they're not calling her the immovable object. <laughs> that would that be, was Andre. That would be a little mean. That would be mean. I, I have no problem with the ears. Oh, by the way, course. they did show that Andre Doc uh, trailer, and that looks cool. We will be talking about that. That looks really airs. good. Anyway, uh, moving on. Nia Jax goes on a tear, uh, eliminating Ruby Riot to your sadness. Boo. Kelly Kelly. No one was sad that Ruby Riot got eliminated. Seven I years. was. I was so sad. I was sad with you. Um, Kelly Kelly, Naomi, and Jacqueline all go out from uh, Nia Jax. Naomi had that really cool spot where she gets thrown. She did the Kofi. She did the Kofi. She crawls along the barricade, got got into an office chair. She actually mixed three Kofis. She kicked Maria Menounos out of her office chair, sat in it, got in the wheelbarrow position. Kept her feet up on the chair and, and then like dragged herself over to the steps. And jumped on the steps, got back in. Jumped onto Nia Jax. Crossbody off the top. And then and gets thrown out. Thrown out. I wish she had, done, had a little bit more to show for it. Um, then number 23 hits and uh, I predicted this person and you said i was crazy ember moon who well, okay to her to ember moon's credit to to your credit had her arm completely wrapped from yeah. the last the I mean, night before I, I did appreciate that and i also thought that um like okay 
when I said she wouldn't be in it, it's when I thought that there would be like 10 NXT people in it. And yeah. then it wouldn't make sense for her to be in it because she'd be with all her competition. Correct. But if they're only going to have like one or two NXT people, which they did, only have two. Kyrie Singh got eliminated much earlier by Dana Brooke. Then it makes sense for, for Ember Moon. Ember Moon comes out, huge pop. Um, she goes back and forth with Nia Jax for a minute, gets thrown to the side. Nia Jax is standing in the ring alone for number 24. Number 24 hits. There were, had been murmurs of maybe Karma, uh, Awesome Kong, coming back to WWE. I don't know how substantiated those rumors were. but Not very, I don't think. Uh, but I know our section was discussing it. Uh, Beth Phoenix's music hits. Really cool. And it was a really cool... And Beth Phoenix looks almost just as good she looks two like kids later. Identical to when she was in WWE in the past. She could come back tomorrow and be in in a in a program and we'd believe it. Yeah, and um, you know, only person to be in a men and women's Royal Rumble, which uh, I was really excited yeah. about. Um, that was a really cool moment for her. Uh, had by the way, had Karma come back, she would have also had that distinction. That's true. Um, she and Be- she uh, and uh, Nia Natalia, oh, Natalia, who are best friends in in real life, had a had a really good moment. Um, and then Natalia proceeded to eliminate Beth Phoenix, who yeah. acted very upset about it. Like Rollins should have. Like Rollins should have. And then number 25, uh, excuse me, before that happened, number 25 hits. And that is Asuka. And the the pop for Asuka was huge. The pop for Asuka was about as big as almost every legend. Which yeah, tells was, you something about how over she is right now. Yeah, and I think that, um, like, obviously she was the favorite. and She was my pick. She was the safe pick. and uh, You keep saying that. <laughs> And, um, you know, I think it was people, you know, people are really buying in to Asuka and they should be. Although I have talked to some people who are like, oh, I can't stand her. I'm like, how can you not stand her? Like, she's great. Like, she's so, like, whimsical and, like, so good in the ring. Well, and she's like, if you're smart, she's perfect because she brings a certain physicality to the women's division that you just don't see anybody else have. And and she, she has a completely cut, different style. She could cut a really good promo, even with her limited English. And, and and when they let her speak in Japanese, I mean, people were people were cheering. Like, I read something somewhere that like the crowd reacting very loudly to her all Japanese promo, even though they didn't know what she was saying, is everything. Yeah, like that's everything. She's over, not necessarily what she's saying. And even when she switched to English, she did like she delivered enough that it was perfect. Yeah. She also can toe the line between face and heel better than anybody, male or female, on either roster yeah, like in she, this company. She comes out and she has this standoff with uh, Ember Moon to kind of rekindle their NXT. And feud. they're looking at each other, and they're like, they're they're both they both have a smile on their face, but they have this shot of Oscar, and they're kind of circling each other. This Oscar, and she's got this smile on her face, and she has this like. This just just s eating grin, and she points to her arm at Ember Moon's wrapped arm. Starts mocking her, and it's so perfect, and, and like the whole crowd bought it. It was it was really cool. It was it was really cool, and Oscar gets a huge pop. Twenty six is Mickey James got a good pop, um, which is nice. Then we have the Mickey James um, gets beat up immediately spots, which is pretty yeah. much what she's done this run. Then 27 is Nikki Bella, which we knew she was coming back. Yeah, I mean, it got a reaction, but I think people... I mean, she got the John Cena sucks chant. Like, I think people are starting to categorize her 
in that John Cena role for the women. I think that's true. Uh, Brie Bella, then it's the first time I've heard in a while Brie, the Brie Mode song play, and then people actually popped. Brie Mode. It's still less grating when you do it. So Brie Bella comes out. Technically, Nikki Bella is a SmackDown wrestler. Didn't know that. Um, apparently. Uh, she and Brie are out there, so we get some twin magic going on for a yep. little while. Um, I mean, it was cool to have them back. We got the yes, we got the yes kicks. We got the yes kicks, and at this point, I go, okay, we know Bailey, but there is one unknown. So we knew Bailey. Uh, so Bailey hits. We actually had kind of forgotten about Bailey, which is just it tends to happen when you're in the moment, and you're just like you've kind of forgotten who's at, been out at this point. Bailey hits. And it's like oh yeah, and Bailey got a good pop. Yeah. Um, so, so Bailey comes out, gets eliminated. She would end up getting eliminated by Sasha Banks. Yep. Which, uh, um, which kind of plays into that story a little bit. Number 30. Now and- I want to say something because they really, they really could have gone a bad way with number. There were 30. so many directions they could have gone. And-, and, and, and I think the number 30 spot in the women's rumble, I think it was, I mean, if you watch it, everyone standing on their feet, staring at we the were. stage, like, it, I think in a lot of ways it was more interest in who was that 30 spot in the women's match than in the men's. And we got, you know, if you were expecting Ronda, if, if you were Which the crowd was. I don't know if you could hear it on the there telecast. Was a, there was a, there was a rousy chant. There was a light, short, rousy chant. Um, so a lot of people thought her, you know, you could have done Stephanie. You know, there's a lot of ways you could go. And they. I think they were really smart because they went the one way where nobody would be disappointed that being Trish Stratus. Yeah. And huge pop. We she got a huge pop and I we looked at each other and immediately went that was the way to do that. That was the way to do it and like what what a roster of women's wrestlers that we saw. We like There's the a men's picture. rumble is mostly the current talent. Imagine the men's rumble if it was like the 30 biggest names in women's wrestling from <laughs> the last like 10 years. Yeah, from like the last, you know, good chunk the whole time these people have been watching, you know. The last 20 if you include uh Trish, Jacqueline, and uh, and Lita. But if you look at this, and Molly Holly, yeah. if you look at this, this, there's a picture of all 30 women standing in front of the ring uh, before the mat, before the match started, or I'm not sure where it actually was, but there's a picture of all 30 women, and it's so incredible to just look over that. And I hope that all 30 of those women, and I feel like a lot of them did, can appreciate the importance of that. They made history. They did, um, and it wasn't just cliche. WWE says that says that so much. That no, this was this was real. This history. was legitimate history for this. Uh, no North American based promotion has ever done something like this. I mean, and who would think it'd be so over? It'd be headlining the second biggest show that the biggest company in the world for wrestling does. Two years ago, uh, Charlotte made a comment, and she said it before. Uh, but she said, and she said it before, and she said it since. She wants to main event WrestleMania. This is the first. I think time, this is a way that you could see it happening. This is the first time that I'm like, you know what? I could see it, and okay. it could be soon. Especially with Ronda, which we'll get into. We, which we'll get into. So that's your thirty. Um, we go back and forth for a little while. Your final four. Well, we get a cool standoff with Mickey James and Trish. Well, your your final four after the, the Mickey James and Trish huge pop. <laughs> Like everyone, because I mean, really, probably what top two, three feuds in in women's wrestling, modern women's wrestling. Yeah, like, uh, you'd have to say now uh, some of the chant, some of the things that were yelled, not great from our section 
and from nearby sections was not great. Um, not there, very 2018. There, there was like one or two idiots, basically. Yeah. That, and this wasn't the only match. I remember in the Uso match, they had said something about like a DUI, and we're like, that's not necessary. There like, were the, the, it's the same people who, there was a couple people, in the, I noticed they were the same voices I heard, who were also saying things like, Enzo's innocent. And it's like, mm, shut up. Yeah, like, but, <laughs> to, but to be fair, the VAT, like 99.99% of the crowd was uh, really respectful and everything. So it was, yeah, like, really this cool. this this was great. Like people were popping for it the right way, um, and you don't always know with a Philly crowd because they're uh, they are a super smarky crowd. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean now looking back, we get it. But like think about the risk that the WWE took putting on a thirty women match to headline. Like it could have died a horrible death. This could have gone so poorly, and so all this goes down. Your final four: Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Sasha Banks, and Oscar. Um, Nikki and Good Brie final four. team up to eliminate Sasha. Kind of a similar finish to the men's. Like we have, we have the super over babyface and two people that you could see winning it, but you don't really want to win it. And then uh, Nikki eliminates Brie. Yep. Uh, and Brie acted upset. Um, and then your final two are Nikki, Bella, and Asuka. And we're like, they're not going to actually put this on Nikki. <laughs> But they, I mean, you could have, I mean, you got Well, think, that's the thing is there was a slight thought of there, maybe. There was like, how much stroke does John Cena actually have? How many people saw the botches that happened over the next two minutes? Yeah. Because there was a drop kick uh, from Asuka that never came anywhere close to Nikki, but Nikki sold it like she got hit in the face real hard with a frying pan. Yeah. Um, which, you know, credit to her, she just was not in a good position. Yeah. And then, of course, the botch that you had the biggest problem with, which was the finish. Yeah, I mean, it. watching it back on the network, they they edited it well. Like, I mean, they they, pre- they didn't have to do a lot, but it was like, so they're, they're both on the ring apron, and Asuka um, eats this really hard strike from Bella, and Asuka, uh, like, takes a back bump on the ring apron and you're like, Oh my God. And then there's a second or two goes by and Oscar does this kick to the legs of Bella, which doesn't really connect. And then Nikki sells it as if she's been hitting the upper body, like kind of the momentum was like an upper body shot and falls off the apron. So it was like, it was kind of a week and like to end this on a botch was kind of weak, but then watching it back, it's like, it wasn't as bad as I remember seeing it live. So, you know, I guess it it wasn't terrible, but Oscar yeah. wins. Crowd's going crazy. Like, good night for uh, for Japanese wrestlers. <laughs> you know, like the first and second Japanese wrestlers to win. Yeah, and just so we're clear, WWE in the past would I think would have gone for a specific wrestler winning the first, even if it didn't make sense in storyline. Yeah. For both Rumbles, they pick the two things that make the most sense. Oh, definitely. For like, what they want to do, especially the Women's Rumble. Asuka needed to win this. Asuka should have won the Rumble, and she did. Like, if she, if, if anybody else had won, even if it was Lita, even if it was Trish, like, even if it was somebody that's just super loved, I would have still said, you know, Asuka should have won that match because it would just makes the most sense. And same thing with Shinsuke. They're, you know... There are some people I could have seen winning the Royal Rumble over Shinsuke, but nobody that really made more sense. I mean, maybe some people that almost made as much sense, but nobody that really made as much sense as Shinsuke winning. Right, and of course we would uh, we would find out the next night one of the re- one of the people who you could see make it who they would have put over is Roman. Yeah, especially because that was the fear given they put it in the middle of the card. But 
we found out that WWE is going to have a uh, number one contenders elimination chamber match for the universal title. We assume Roman will win that and yes. go on to Mania to, to face Brock. Now, the only thing I don't understand about that is they put Cena over Balor to go in. So I think Balor should be in that match because he should be. If there's somebody like if you want, well, I don't know. If you want Reigns to go over, maybe in their mind it's better to put him over Cena because maybe he'll be liked a little more. But I, th- I don't think the crowd's going to buy it. I don't think so either. But, um, anyways, Oscar wins. Uh, both champions who had sat ringside the entire match come into the ring and they are both holding their championships. And it's Oscar looking at the two of them, figuring out who she's going to challenge. And then, bad repu- or, uh, bad reputation by, by Joan, Joan Jett, Jett hits, and there's a pause. It takes a second because none of us are like, "Wait, th- I don't recognize these notes." And then we I all actually thought it. so. For like for one fraction of a second, I actually thought, "Okay, they're just going to end it on a big cliffhanger of who does she pick?" Which and, is what I thought, and we'll figure out Monday. And this is just like the theme song to the Royal Rumble or whatever that they're just like they're going to play this out. And, it, you know, it's going to fade to black, WWE logo, whatever. And But then I was like, no, wait a second. I know this song. That's Joan Jett. Wait a second. I can kind of read, like, the angle we were at, we couldn't really read what was on the stage. But I was like, I, I can kind of read that it's it's definitely in the Roddy Piper lettering. Oh, I my God. I saw Rousey. And that's why I turned to you and I was, we all freaked out. She got a huge pop, like, probably the biggest of the whole night. There were a lot of holy S chants during the night. The biggest one was for Rousey. Yeah, that was. We all just assumed it wasn't going to happen at that point. Yeah, because it was like it was like the okay, the guy, the, guy the show seats, is done. The guy two seats down from us, bless his heart. We were. Uh, he was like, oh, she's in Colombia, which, which she had. You know, to be fair, she had put on her social media. And I looked at it and I was like, that's what they want you to think. And then she didn't come out at thirty. And he goes, she's in Colombia, and her music hits. And I was like, those those flights from Colombia go fast. And it's like, like I was like maybe she was in Columbia, Maryland, but uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that would be much more realistic. Not, yeah, not, not the Columbia, country. the country. Um, but I mean, she was. So I she think up out. until the day before, and, and she went through the lengths to hide. I mean, the, they said the only place you would have seen her is going through customs in Miami, and she didn't travel with her regular entourage. She didn't travel with her husband uh, for fear of being recognized. So she she really went through the lengths to hide it, and she comes out huge surprise. We don't really get anything of substance. I mean, she... So she, she comes out. She points at the WrestleMania side. So we're all still popping the whole time. Yeah, the crowd's like, like... We're losing our minds, but... It's already great. She comes to the ring. And she's wearing Roddy Piper's jacket, which was given to her by Roddy's son. Yeah, for the night. For, for the night, yeah. and it was great. Um, it looked a little awkward at first, but I was like, oh, now I know that that's his jacket. Okay, that makes more sense. She comes out. She points at the WrestleMania sign. I thought we were going to get Pyro. Um... She points at the WrestleMania sign, goes to give Asuka a handshake. Asuka puts her hand up and then slaps Rousey's hand away. Gets a big ooh from the crowd. Yeah, we, we, were, we were... want to see we this match. We were eating this up. And um, she then s- smiles, points at the Mania sign again, gets out of the ring, walks over to Stephanie, reaches out her hand. Stephanie, very timid, shakes her hand. Rousey goes... Um, back up on the other side of the ramp and then points at the Mania sign again and then proceeds to leave and we all leave. And then, of course, the most the, one of the best pictures of Triple H ever comes out afterwards. Have you seen the memes? I have not, and I'm going to look them up later. <laughs> they, she comes out afterwards to start doing some interviews and say hi to some of the fans that yeah. stuck around. 
and there's a bunch of people around her. You can, but you can clearly see her standing there. And then you see Triple H from behind the giant screen where just, you come from Gorilla. Just his arm and his head peeking out. And he's just fully focused on getting a picture with his outstretched arm without being seen of Rhonda. I don't know why it was phone. I don't know why it was important for him not to be seen. It was so <laughs> funny that it was just like he's so serious. It, it was really great. So so um, Oscar wins. Uh, yeah. we get our big rousey moment. We're all like, what does that mean? Yeah. And then we proceed to leave. And, and to anyone saying that Rousey overshadowed the women's rumble or Asuka's women or anything, you are wrong. You're very wrong. You are dumb. And please stop. Because every, not one day has gone by since the rumble happened that somebody who has never talked to wrestling to me has come up to me and asked me about wrestling. And Every news outlet you could imagine ran a story on it. And in every one of those stories, the words first ever women's Royal Rumble were in it. So please stop. Oh, and the reason why there's even women main eventing WWE shows is named Ronda Rousey. Because what she true. proved could be the case. And you know what? It's it's nothing new, though. But when- it's And it's nothing against the WWE talent that deserves to be in the spot that they're in. But... Without that kick in the butt of seeing what Ronda Rousey was doing, and Ronda Rousey was essentially a stepping point to get them to where they are now, it it's clear, it's obvious. No one. But this is always like when when Dana brought Ronda into the UFC, people said, "Oh, she's not going to draw. She'll never main event." Blah 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 blah. A year before Ronda was brought in, Dana White said, "We will never have women fighting in the UFC," and, and it she, took her that changed. Coming he in, he said they'll never main event. That changed, you know, and 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 then even even after she main evented her first UFC show and it was a huge success, people said one time thing, beginner's luck, never happen again. And she continued to do it for what two years, and year year and a half, two year, years, year yeah. and a half, two years. And um, so it's always been the case with Ronda, and they're going to say it to this. But let me tell you, if there's like this is huge for the WWE. It's a weird position. I was telling you earlier, their their biggest star now, are, you know, not even arguably, bigger than John Cena, bigger than Brock Lesnar. Their biggest star is Ronda Rousey. She's also their most inexperienced. She's been training for a little while. We've heard murmurs about it for a while. But, you know, she doesn't have years of training at, at this particular profession. So we will ultimately see how that works out. Um, we've gone so far over time, but we <laughs> had to get through all of this. A uh, couple things quick. After We teased it earlier. After the Rumble, you and I went to the uh, Xfinity Live, which is in the same little complex it's, as yeah, Wells Fargo Center. There's like Wells Fargo, Lincoln Financial. We wanted Seafield. to let some people leave and then kind of chill out for a minute after everything and we just And just kind of absorb everything. And so th- we there's walk like in. this little strip of bars and restaurants called Xfinity Live. We said, we walk in, we're walking around, get, getting some Gatorade or something to rehydrate. Again, you made this notice because you and I were standing there and you look behind me and goes, and go, that that's Kurt Hawkins, and it was it was just Kurt Hawkins. You turn around and it's like that is Brian Myers. That is indeed Kurt Hawkins, just in a beanie cap and a jacket. He comes in with his bag, he's puts it behind so the bar. He is so tan, so tan, and he's just walking around. And you know, it was like it we was the same thing past. as like Jinder. It was like we brushed shoulders with. Them, he had know? his bag, and we saw that we were walking out, and we saw the New Day and Baron Corbin getting into their cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like a that cool, was funny. like. It was just a cool like it's place to be. They're going to be there for a couple days, so they're probably going to relax and everything. Like so, Kurt Hawkins. If you're a fan, it's a great like 
it's a great experience. Kurt Hawkins wheels his bag past us, and we're like, well, you know, should we say something? Da, da, da. And we see him come back without his bag, and we're like, oh, he's headed straight for the bar. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he just dropped his bag off so he can go to the bar and then come back for it later. And then he come back, and we're like, I should say something, but... Ah, let him go. He just wants to, like, it's 1130 at night. Just yeah, let the man he's be. Just but see, like, that's me. Like, I don't like to be bothered. So even I would, when I see people that are celebrities, I'm like, I don't want to bother them because I wouldn't want to be bothered. Sometimes, <laughs> like, I can understand, give them a shout out, but I'm not going to bother a celebrity. Like, if I'm going to bother a celebrity, I'm going to do it in a situation where they're expecting it. Like, I'll do an autograph yeah. session. I'll do a meet and greet. Like, you know? very few times have I broken this rule. One of them was when I was in a bar or in a restaurant in Chicago and I look three tables down and Ric Flair was eating next to me. This is at WrestleMania. And um, I broke the rule. I didn't go up to him, but I waited at the door to the restaurant for him to finish his meal and walk out. And he walked out with a glass of wine in his hand. Because he's Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! And uh, signed an autograph for me and, you know, gave me the old, you know, what's your name, kid, and all that. Uh, he was not on this planet. Uh, <laughs> he had been in he had been in the restaurant he, he, a while. He had been styling and profiling. Just so we're clear, you'd break that rule for Ruby Riot. Oh, in a heartbeat, but not in a weird way. I would be very nice about it. Actually, I wouldn't want Ruby Riot to know what a fan I am of hers because I would legitimately try to swoon her. <laughs> Is that um, the proper word? I have no idea. So that happened. Uh, Raw, not a whole lot really happens. You uh, tell- we got a really good Sasha Banks and Asuka match on Raw. Uh, Braun Strowman killed Kane. Yeah. Um, and then screamed. Braun Strowman is the continues to be the most over regular member of Raw. Yeah, we had a couple qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Miz beats Reigns for the uh, to retain his title. Matt Hardy loses in weird fashion. Cena beats Balor. Um, I, not a whole lot really happened except for the at, that Sasha Banks Oscar match was really good. Yeah, it was good, and and you could tell that they were kind of putting a little bit more. It seemed like they were putting a little bit more effort into like the continuity of the show itself. Mm-hmm. Like they had segments that, um, like parts of that segment, like like uh, Roman destroys or Strowman destroys the announce table. So they moved to ringside in the next segment. They're watching a monitor on the floor, and then they're building them a table. And it was kind of comedic how long it took them to build the table, but it like made sense in like the continuity. Well, and, of the they, and, and they left that little stage area that they have yeah. messed up the entire night, which was great. Yeah, like it was, um, it was like they were putting a little more effort into the ongoing shit. Then, but you know, like still not a lot of great payoffs to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, not not really. There was no uh, no Ronda, no Ronda. She she is legitimately filming that movie in Columbia, and I assume why she didn't do anything physical at the Royal Rumble was because of the insurance thing. Like the same reason Rock can't do anything. Yeah, I, I think she'll probably be back more in force in the next probably few weeks. But I I doubt she wrestles before WrestleMania though. I also doubt that she wrestles before Mania. Uh, we assume there will be a Stephanie McMahon, Triple H. Although I really I really wish tag. it would just be one on one with the champion. But you know I think it's better to give it to. The talent yeah. rather than the McMahons, but, you know. I think, well, that'll that'll end up being... There'll be some sort of multi-woman match for Charlotte's title, and then it'll be one-on-one with Asuka and whoever the Raw champion is, which will probably well, be Alexa Bliss. I think Asuka's going to go for Charlotte. I think it's going to be Asuka, Charlotte, and then Nia, Alexa, Bliss. That would make sense. Do you think they're going to actually do both one-on-one matches, though? Uh, You know, they always like to throw in multiple people, but I could see them sticking to it. There, both matches last year were multi-women matches. So. Yeah, I believe last year was every available woman on the SmackDown roster was how it was built. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So um, you get to SmackDown, Shinsuke and AJ Styles team up. 
They had a good interaction. Um, after I th- I liked Nakamura's promo. Yeah, it was really good. My oh, girlfriend was you. like, "Does he say anything else?" Like yeah. she she was into it, but she's like, "Dude, what else does he do?" And you know, it was great. Knee, face. <laughs> I like WWE yeah. champion. I, it was great. It, Nakamura speaks so much better English than that, but it's so perfect. It was perfect, and like the backstage interaction he had with AJ also, Styles. Was can good. we really quickly talk about the fact he came out? Had his entrant, and did you notice the difference in SmackDown this week? They have Raw, they changed up the graphics. SmackDown, they're doing something real funky because they've decided that now... They decided pro- superimposed wording and pictures. For any pre Clip art. Any, any pre-recorded promo will have words, certain words will display on screen. We also saw when Shinsuke Nakamura did the... Uh, Oh shoot! I don't the even entrance. know what you even call it. Part of the part of his entrance where he goes to the rope and he f- kind of falls back. Yeah, and he, you saw Rockstar suddenly went across the ring, and I'm like, what? It was like it's like Vince McMahon figured out somebody showed him what a Snapchat filter is. Oh no! I think that's what it is. Or a Snapchat too, that's, sticker. That's the worst part. But uh, I, I really did like that. And 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 and, and, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had great like like. A lot of people, when they do these promos, they come off as if they're playing a wrestler. And then, like, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are just real people. You, you, like, they're, they're playing the characters, but you buy into them because they're so real in the way that they play right. them that their interaction is great. So uh, all around the beginning of the show was pretty very good. Rusev wins a fatal four-way to, to earn a U.S. title opportunity. Rusev Day chants galore. Um, let's see here. Bludgeon Brothers defeat local competitors, one of which is Chris Wilde. Who you can see... In a couple weeks, and Glenn Burney on the show that I'll be on for Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. He's the ACW Light Heavyweight Champion. Um, uh, Carmella attempts a cash-in on uh, on Charlotte. Do you like these false cash-ins? This one, I don't usually. This one I thought was better. If it wasn't, if in a vacuum, yes. I, I thought it made sense. But if the fact that they do this, they've done this so frequently with every Money in the Bank... I just I don't find any of them believable anymore, and that was the time to do it. Did you see how hot that crowd got? Yeah, I think it, I think it would have been a very good time to do it. I think there needs to be a more um, visual component to cashing in. Like maybe instead of the bell ringing, maybe if the briefcase is opened, there's no going back. I mean, yeah, something something like that. Having the ref be in charge of the seven minute explain to the. Yeah explain to the announcer what's going on we get it like yeah like the announcer always asks what is going on like we all everyone gets it <laughs> it's so it's 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 just poor and I, I the money in the bank deserves better um corbin defeats dillinger we won't see ty again anytime soon um benjamin and gable defeat uh fashion police styles and nakamura go over uh owens insane um now next the next ne- smackdown pay-per-view is fast lane and that is two weeks after Elimination Chamber and uh, three to four, I think it's three weeks before Mania. Yeah, so we're going to get a, a couple in quick succession here. Um, you know, Next week we have the uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, and the winner of that gets the championship opportunity at so I smell Fast something Lane. fishy. I assume they're going to do like a double pin so they both technically win. And they get another two-on-one handicap match, or it's a it's a triple threat, or triple threat. Or something I think it, like I think it'll be a triple threat for the next one. And they say they both get the opportunity, but not together. Yeah. Um. So I think that makes the most sense. So, um, that's pretty much it. Um, we have gone super overtime, but we had a lot of fun going through the rumble and everything. Um, good grief, we went over. Um, 
if you stuck around this whole does time, does that say one fifty one? It does. That's not a that's not a podcast link. That's a hardcore liquor. <laughs> Let's okay. All right. So we went super over. Um, hopefully, we are super over with you, and you stuck around this whole time and and uh, humored us. We will be talking a lot of New Japan next week. Or, and just outside the WWE stuff, unless yeah. something super notable happens. Like, we'll cover whatever happens, but there is a lot to get into with, uh, you know, uh, the uh, New Beginning. Uh, right? Yes, New Beginning in Sapporo. Uh, Motor City for Ring of Honor and, like, all, all these things to get into, even though that's a couple weeks back. We, we, we gotta, we're we going to cover other things around the world. Thank you for sticking with us and listening to our Royal Rumble review. We were there. It was awesome. Of all the rest, of all the Royal Rumbles in recent memory, I was really glad this is the one that I was at live. Yes, I agree. I, we're biased because we went live, but that was one of the better rumbles I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was fantastic. A uh, couple of plugs before we get to our regular plugs. Don't forget to uh, get your tickets for ACW Ellsworth's Homecoming in Glen Burnie, Maryland on Friday, February 16th. Uh, that'll be at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie. James Ellsworth's first match back from the WWE. Against Jerry the King Lawler. Who was commentating at the Royal Rumble, obviously. And it, it won Raw 25, obviously a huge name. I'm so excited to be there. Jerry the King Lawler. Austin uh, Aries. Aust- all-time legend. Austin Aries. You know, a it, fatal four-way for the ACW Heavyweight Championship. That's right. A rematch from the last ACW show. Uh, Louis G. Rich takes on uh, current and uh, newly crowned last time, Chris Wilde. Yep. Um, it's going to be a really good show. Uh, they'll also have a women's title match. Uh, Casey Carlisle will defend her championship. It's going to be a good show. Definitely go. Two days later, we are at KatsuCon. It is official. KatsuCon 2018. We are on the schedule. We're doing our live. Seen it? First ever live over the barricade podcast recording in front of a live audience. Of 12 or so. <laughs> uh, I have no idea how many people are going to hey, be there. That's it's all gonna, of our listeners. It's going to be fine. Um, it is going to be on New Japan. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're coming together with our presentation. Come it's going to be together. fantastic. Uh, don't sing anymore. We'll get sued. Um, but uh, that's going to be great. It's noon on Sunday, February 18th. Go if you can. Uh, tickets for just to go to Sunday, $45 to go to the whole event. Come see us at noon. It's going to be a fun time. That uh, podcast we are going to try and record that live. If so, that'll be that week's episode. If not, we'll record and talk about our experience uh, after the fact. But it should be a lot of fun. We are going to stop before we hit two hours. If you stuck this whole time, this is like an ENC podcast right now. This, But it's like it's a pot of awesomeness, but more awesome because it's us. If you stuck around to this point, I want you to email us this code, P1S2. If you email us that code, you will we will send you a prize. This was not cleared by me, so Brando's in charge of sending you a prize. Um, that'll do it for this week. Stay tuned for the plugs. We'll see you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, at Lee Brando underscore, and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget, you can send us an email, Over the Barricade Podcast 
at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.